Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Today's podcast guest is LA-based recording and mixing engineer Claire Morrison, who took a big risk during the lockdown and opened up her own studio, Wild Horizon Sound. She has just worked on the first EP she's ever fully produced, and she recently tracked and mixed songs on another up-and-coming artist's new record. So we're here today to talk about her journey into the world of music production and her go-to studio kit. Um, So thanks so much for joining us today, Claire. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, Just actually waking up. I had a late night session last night, Um, but uh, I'm excited and we're excited to have you on here. So is a late night session just part of the job, basically? Oh, yeah. Um, it depends. You know, I kind of work at all hours of the day, but um, this October, November has been pretty busy. So I've had a lot of full day sessions and, you know, um, artists don't typically like to start before noon. So we end up going kind of late sometimes. Yeah, I hear that a lot from uh, different engineers, uh, that that's just part of the job that you have to kind of roll with the hours, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, what are you up to today? I mean, after talking to me and having more coffee, I assume. It's true. Yeah, having uh, I'm uh, all about the caffeine. Um, today, I have a short session and I'm actually going to be mixing a song for a new artist that I'm working with. Um, but a pretty... Uh, a more relaxed day um, than a full day tracking session. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Interesting. It's good that you've got a variety, I suppose, isn't it? Uh, To keep things interesting. Oh yeah. And that's like uh, something that I enjoy a lot actually is the flexibility of my schedule. And, you know, there'll be times when people will book, you know, a week or, you know, four or five days in a row, but um, it's nice to have, the variety of, uh, you know, sometimes it's just like an overdub session, four or five hours, or maybe I'm mixing a song or a couple songs um, on my own or with a producer. Um, but yeah, I like, uh, it, it keeps things interesting for sure. Okay. And what about um, if we take it back to, let's take it back to your childhood and growing up, what were you into in terms of music? Were you always really focused in terms of wanting to listen to music and being around that? Yeah. So, um, I actually, uh, grew up, um, my mom was very, uh, influential in the sense that she wanted all of her children to play an instrument. And so I actually grew up taking violin and then of course begged my parents for an electric guitar when I was like 13. Mm Um, and I have like such a cheesy story, but, uh, I do remember so clearly discovering Radiohead at Borders, um, which is like <laughs> a pretty much, I, I think it's extinct now. Um, Wait, is uh, it a festival? No, no, no. It's like a, a, basically a bookstore with like Barnes oh, and Noble. Oh. Has- <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if there's any around anymore, but there was in like my small town. And um, I heard this song knives out on their record amnesiac and i just like had this feeling and this is when i was like i think in between like 14 or 15 and i was like oh man like this i like got to be a part of this like this is 
it just really made me feel differently um, in a way that I hadn't before. And, you know, that was like part of, besides just playing music and enjoying music, I think around then was when I realized I wanted to chase or be involved in more of like the production and creation of records. Um, and also I've never been a performer. I've never really craved like playing in front of an audience. In fact, I am terrified of it. And being a producer or engineer seemed like the next closest thing. Um, and I just got lucky in the sense that, you know, when I ended up going to school later, I became really interested in the physics of sound and mic techniques and all the, the nerdy technological stuff that comes along with it. Mm, but yeah. So when was it, that's quite the leap then going from, you know, someone that loves music, loves Radiohead, discovering all the different music and sounds out there to getting interest into the sound production world. So what was it that inspired you to take an interest or was it something like you were selecting a, a college course, that kind of thing? Or did you meet someone that opened your eyes to this world of potential jobs out there? Yeah. So actually, um, where I was taking this music school, where I was taking violin lessons, um, they had this like summer program. It was just like a two week intensive program. Um, and I think this was in like 2007, um, where, uh, we learned logic and it was kind of like a music production program. And I think that's kind of like where I like, I mean, just basically was discovering like that digital software and, um, yeah, I, I think that I had already like kind of decided that I wanted to be involved in that world and was already leaning towards like, um, being on that side of music and, and, you know, learning what like a producer does. And then I kind of decided, you know, like if there's a way for me to like create this path for myself, um, that I started looking into different schools. I, of course, like wanted to go to a trade school. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but my parents, who have always been so supportive of me, um, they wanted me to find like a more uh, traditional four-year university. And I, I ended up finding one with an actual recording arts program, which was pretty rare at the time. Um, here in L.A., uh, Loyola Marymount University, they have a recording arts program in their film school. And um, it was a really small program. And yeah, I mean, that kind of provided me, like I said, I feel like I got lucky because I feel like a lot of times people will, who are like more artistic, will get into that world and then find that they are not inspired or not interested in, you know, mic technique or, you know, experimenting with like the gear side, like they want to be immediately more in the creation side. And um, as soon as I kind of got a handle on that, I found that like it was something that I was interested in. I see. And um, you grew up in Montana, didn't you, in a small town? Um, you've been in LA for 12 years now. So when was it that you decided to make the move other than obviously 12 years ago? But what was that moment where you thought, right, I'm going to move to LA? So uh in when I once I graduated high school, um, Loyola Marymount, where I went to school, is in LA. Um, so that kind of just catapulted me, like pretty much eighteen. Like as soon as I turned eighteen, I was like ready to get out of there. I also like had always kind of felt that way. I mean, where I'm from, Whitefish, Montana, um, 
is so beautiful. It's basically next to a national park, but I didn't have a lot of access uh, to like really like music or art culture. And I kind of craved, also, I'm really not a cold weather person. Um, So not only did I crave like kind of, you know, the city life or exploring what that was, but um, I was just ready to uh, get out of the snow also. Um, And, you know, yeah, yeah. And of course, like LA is, you know, kind of where you come, like there's, there's a couple other places in the US, I think that you can really like focus and hone in on music. But um, yeah, LA seemed like the place to go. Mm. Yeah, it's absolutely the place to be for what you want to do. And obviously, you've made a success of it. So I'm curious, when was the first moment when you started doing this professionally, where you thought, okay, I guess I'm really doing this now. I'm really taking this seriously. Was there a moment where perhaps you worked with, I don't know, a particular artist or you just realized you're really doing it for a job, you know? So um, I guess a kind of serendipitous thing that happened when I was going to uh, college, which is absolutely not a necessity for my line of work. um, And no one has ever asked for my degree in recording arts, certainly. But um, KXLU is a local radio station um, that is actually located on campus. And I started working as their live engineer in my junior and senior year. And that was around the time that we had full access to this on-campus recording studio that was super nice and full of like really amazing gear it actually like totally turned me into a gear snob before, you know, I even was buying anything for myself because I just had access to the best things. But um, it, it, me working for KXLU kind of coincided with me having more like independent access to the studio. And so I started meeting local bands and bands that were touring through. And I, you know, I got to kind of pull from, that community instead of trying to, you know, find whoever on Craigslist to do my like school project. Um, I kind of got more involved with the, the small, like independent rock scene in LA, um, earlier on. And I actually, uh, yeah, I mean, that was great. I had a blast and I, I made a couple records before I even graduated. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, my senior year, we were touring some of the bigger studios and I discovered that um, a very prestigious recording studio, uh, Westlake, had an opening for an intern. And so I applied there um, and I actually managed to get a job there before I graduated. And I ended up working for them around a year and uh then that kind of catapulted me to like the next stage um, of my career. But that's like, I pretty much was off to the races, um, you know, before I even graduated. And like I said, I just feel like very grateful that, you know, a lot of people don't have a very linear path um, in this industry and things just, uh, not only did I discover, like, I, I, it kept engaging me and I really, I found that I really enjoyed it. Like, um, just one opportunity tend, was tending to lead to the next. And, um, yeah, I mean, 
I feel very lucky in that, that aspect. Um, but yeah, after, um, another engineer who had worked at Westlake previously, because it was funny when I was working there, you know, we had a lot of like bigger pop store, pop stars coming in. And like, I, at the time could not like, because I was like working with that, like underground, like kind of like the local indie scene, like I could have cared less. And I was like, borrowing reels of tape to go record bands in Echo Park. And, um, and now I listen to everything. Um, I'm totally like, and I've always loved all genres, but like, I, you know, I'm a big, I, I really do listen to everything now. And, um, it's just ironic because yeah, at the time I, I couldn't have cared less who was <laughs> in the, in the big studios. And I just wanted to be involved in like full band sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, uh, one of the engineers who had previously worked for Westlake ended up running a studio um, in Echo Park, and he was looking for another engineer. So before I even really advanced at Westlake, um, I got hired on as an engineer um, at this uh, studio, Bedrock, in in Echo Park in L.A., and um that kind of just like took me to the next level immediately. And, but it was a really cool um, transition because um, my boss, my manager, Eric Renneker, who was the, uh, that engineer who hired me, um, you know, he really hired me from this trust in that I was like Westlake trained. So like, like I said, like one thing always led to the next, Mm. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's when I really started working as like a freelance engineer and that, that pretty much all happened within my, my first year after graduating. Wow. Clearly the right move then to go there. So what is your relationship like with Westlake now? Do you carry on sort of working with them in any capacity? Um, no, but funnily enough, I mean, I love, I love and appreciate the owners, um, so much, but I mean, I, once I started working, uh, for the smaller studio bedrock, I was kind of, um, I was just more involved in that, like the Northeast, um, that the kind of indie scene and Westlake is in Hollywood. Um, but I mean, they're both great. And I think I've seen them at NAMM or, or someplace since then. But, um, funnily enough, my current studio is like two blocks away so I've kind of come full circle. It's I'm back in Hollywood, but I'm like running my own independent studio now. Oh, I know. Yeah, we need to talk about this. So this is Wild Horizon Sound, isn't it? So you opened that in 2020. So obviously that is a huge risk starting your own business anyway, let alone in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, I can imagine a big investment. So what was running through your head at the time and driving you to do it despite the risks? So at this point, I had been working for Bedrock and another small studio in Burbank. I was working as a freelance engineer for them for, I think, around like five or six years. And um, and that was like my main, you know, gig and source of income. And besides just being a contract engineer for those studios, I at this point, I had gained enough um, personal clients where I was booking out the rooms for myself fairly regularly. And so weirdly enough, um, when the shutdown happened, 
at that point, I had already begun even looking into renting out a room for myself. Um, just to uh, make it easier as far as scheduling and, um, and yeah, just starting to branch out into, you know, my own uh, kind of business. And then the shutdown happened and um, Bedrock ended up getting temporarily shut down by the city and the other studio ended up um, getting moved. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of like, and then at the same time as, as those things were happening, um, this studio in Hollywood became available, a friend of a friend who, um, my, my, I call him my fairy godfather because of his endless kindnesses to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had run the space in Hollywood for like 12 years. And because of the pandemic, he, you know, he was kind of like what he expressed to me is he's like, you know, getting to hang out with his wife for the first time in a long time um, after, you know, just, you know, working uh, every day in the studio. Cause it's just like, it is a really big commitment to like work and run a studio. And so I totally understood where he was coming from. And he actually ended up taking a coding course online at Harvard oh. and ended up working um, as a coder. And anyways, he kind of like took this new path, this new journey. And he was very interested and enthusiastic about me coming in to the studio and, you know, you can take it over, you can paint, you can, we did some construction, rebrand. Um, and, but he allowed me to come in and left a lot of his microphones, his instruments, his recording gear, um, all kind of like based around this idea that it would give me like such a foot in the door. Cause you know, it's like thousands of dollars. It's so expensive to start from zero. And he didn't have to, you know, sell or store his gear and like he kind of you know he he said like if he had a client he really wanted to work with he he could you know I obviously was more than happy with the situation and he could kind of keep keep his own like toes in the water I guess as far as recording and um yeah it was just like this crazy like serendipitous situation that happened because um yeah everything just lined up at the right time where, you know, I didn't feel like I was pulling clients from either of those studios. And, and it was a risk at, at, you know, cause you always just wonder, you know, I was working at those places for years and you, mm-hmm. you know, hope and you wonder like, like that people will follow you, you know, wherever, like, you know, I've been working with people for years, but they're used to coming to me from this place, that place. And, you know, it's kind of like a test, like you're like, okay, are people going to make the drive to Hollywood or whatever, you know, Mm. Um, or are they coming to me? And, um, but I did have a lot of faith in that and those relationships. And I figured if I could just, you know, invest in building the space and kind of creating my own vibe and, you know, just really like, you know, all those years of working at different studios, kind of integrating like Um, what I've learned just as far as working with people and working in different environments and kind of creating a new environment that was inspiring to me and inspiring to my artists. And so I put a lot of time and effort with a lot of help from 
friends, of course, into designing that space is, and I don't know, I, I, um, if you've seen any photos of it, but it's kind of, it's a little eclectic. I'm using like velvet for this, the sound panels. And I have a mural actually, this kind of abstract mural of Montana in the live room. I kind of tried to create this sort of like outside inside aesthetic, um, just because I, we are inside for, you know, 12 hours of the day. So I try to like bring in some of that, uh, the, ins or the outside world for yes. inspiration. Yeah. Yes. It's quite a solitary job, isn't it? From what I've heard. Oh yeah. But at the same time, it is very social in the sense of when you are working with people, you know, it is very, like, it is an intense kind of communication, um, where you are working, but it's like, you know, you're working with people's art and you're kind of trying to access their emotions and like, you know, help them to feel like comfortable and let them be vulnerable. And at the same time, you know, trying to achieve like the best possible sound or maybe an interesting sound and like be creative, but also deliver the best product. Um, and so that requires like a lot of attention uh, while at the same time kind of keeping this, you know, very like, I, I mean, I try to keep like a calm and like positive demeanor so that, you know, the, the vibe, the vibe is important. Mm -hmm. um, and I want people to not feel rushed. You know, I want people to feel creative and inspired when we're working. Um, so I do feel like, yes, it can absolutely be, especially if I'm just going in and mixing by myself and, you know, for hours and hours, windowless room, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, when I am working with people, it is like, a, I do feel like it's like a constant, you know, you're, you're in constant communication and whether or not like you're actually talking or you're just, you know, in tune with like mm -hmm. what's happening and they're like focused on the actual recording or mixing. Mm, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, that reminds me, I read that you said um, you consider yourself to be the midwife uh, sort of of the musician, uh, you know, in their creative process. Um, I like that. That made me laugh. What did you mean by that? I guess I, I don't, um, I never want to be the per well I also like that's so funny yeah I I really do feel strongly um about that that statement in the sense of like that is kind of how I've come to see like my job um but it's also I never wanted to you know take too much credit I'm I'm really like interpreting and understanding someone's coming to me with a song whether or not it's like you know fully written and I'm kind of it is my job to deliver that their art back to them in like a more fully realized form and you know that it is a it's definitely a process and you know kind of deciding like how are we going to do this and like what's like you know what is your vision for this or what's the the end goal um and like, how are we going to do this? And, you know, it's just like, it is, there's a lot of factors in the, that process. And so that often like requires, you know, 
a lot of like trust and openness and communication. And I do feel like that's what I like to do is like be that interpreter and, and to help someone understand or help the audience understand um, what the artist is trying to create and to do that in a way that is like the most fun and, and sounds cool and, you know, experimental, if, you know, that's what it calls for kind of way. And, you know, I just like, I, I, I do want to be, and I want the artists and I want the audience to, to be inspired. And, and uh, I feel that, um, you know, that's, it's just, it's an important job for me, you know, to help someone deliver their art or to help, yeah, help someone deliver their art, I guess. Yeah, you're kind of delivering the bundle of sonic joy, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so um, the first EP that you fully produced, that is out next year. And that is with the artist Surprise Baby, who's also one of your best friends. Isn't that right? That you grew up with in Montana. So that's nice. So um, how does it feel to fully produce your first EP? Oh, my God, it's been amazing and a long time coming um this artist um her name is Sarsten Noyce and so we grew up in Montana together and she actually ended up painting the mural that's in the studio um right now that's kind of like my homage to Montana and we've been working together for years and there's just been like you know various hurdles that always happen sometimes making a record takes forever but um, like I was talking about, it's like, you know, when you're really like creatively involved in someone's work, that requires a lot of trust. And she was kind of the first person to like, you know, we we had that, you know, real relationship starting and, you know, she trusted my taste and we just have a great relationship. And so she really let me take like full creative control and, you know, something that we did together, but it's... Um, it was more, it was kind of the first time that I really felt like I was flexing, you know, in my role as a producer. And um, yeah, it's been incredible uh, just working with different musicians and, you know, the whole process is, you know, we have some songs that were a couple years old um, that we tracked to tape and then, you know, we, we brought them back and, you know, added a couple new parts or just like, you know, going through and um, really making sure that everything we put into the record was intentional and sounded great and felt great um, and taking our time with it, you know, um, because this will be her, her debut EP um, and we're already working on the next record, but um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, I really love the songs and, I really think that it will or hope that it'll be like an impactful record. So, um, yeah, that was a really cool experience. And it was kind of like through doing that, you know, because working as an engineer for smaller studios, you know, a lot of times a producer will come in, but there are also many times that um, it would just be the band. And I would kind of end up being in this role of like producer engineer and, but when I was really like put um, in that role, it's, it's just, it was just a cool experience because I could kind of apply like everything that I'd seen and then also like my own opinions and, you know, 
like, you know, just do things how I wanted to, to, to really do them. And, uh, and it kind of like allowed me to see, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I can do this and it could sound good. (laughs) Um, so I mean, yeah, it was an amazing experience and, um, I'm already working on a couple more records where I'm like more fully taking on that role. And, um, yeah, it is probably my favorite. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely nice to really be able to, um, kind of break down a song and the structure and, and, and just do everything in my power to make it, you know, help, like I said, like help, deliver like the best song um so yeah it's been an amazing experience and I've really learned a lot from it and it's really like been inspiring and like definitely like um yeah just uh it's it's got me working towards some new goals so that's good what was it like working with such a close friend was that strange did she get to meet you know work Claire I imagine if I tried to work with any of my friends we'd all just start laughing uh I'm not sure why but you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) no absolutely actually it's pretty hilarious because um I'll actually hire her she's amazing um you know, just musician in general, and I'll hire her sometimes as a, ses- a session musician. Um, and people are always very surprised because I, I can go from being like so gentle and uh, more reserved with uh, some of my other clients, and then I am so <laughs> blunt with her. And I'll just be like, we we actually have a, honestly, it, it's a great relationship for a producer artist um, because I just you know, we can tell each other exactly what we're thinking. We don't have to like, (laughs) there's no like worrying about hurt feelings because we do love each other. And like, we both know that at the end of the day. And if, you know, she wants, you know, to add something and I don't want to, I'll say, you know, I don't like this idea. We can try it. I'm like, oh, this this doesn't work. You know, we'll go back and forth until we like come to a decision. But I also can, you know, she's someone I can say, I don't like this or this sounds bad too. And I don't have to worry about her taking that personally. Um, And maybe, you know, she'll change my mind, but it's like a, a dialogue that's a lot more freeing, I guess. And having the power to say no to and like have someone, you know, listen to that or take that at least take that into consideration Mm -hmm. I mean which I feel like that's been part of the freedom of being a producer because I do try to be careful um you know when people come to me and and my role is just like as an engineer or mixing engineer of course like I'll give my input um and you know do the same a similar you know style of work where I am trying to improve or um maybe not improve the song but you know just uh help help uh um illustrate you know the creative nuances or or whatever um but you know i i also know that you know my role isn't the artist or the producer in those instances and i want to respect you know their vision and it's not my it's not my job always to be like 
no, we're not going to add tambourine to this. Mm. I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, do you find that you get um, artists, maybe female artists, seeking you out in particular, perhaps because you are a female um, mixing engineer, um, you know, and a recording engineer? Have you found that? Because I know some women like to give other women the opportunities they think that maybe they should have more readily, because as we know, it's a very male-dominated industry, isn't it? Yes. Um, and the answer to that is absolutely. Um, I, I do have a lot of women who come to me and, um, not necessarily because they feel uncomfortable, uh, working with men, but they are interested to try working in a creative environment with, um, another woman. And, um, you know, I've actually had the same thing happen with men who are, who are interested in having like that female energy in the room and maybe like it brings it back to you know how my I kind of use that that midwife analogy in this Mm -hmm. like it's like a you know I am very like opinionated but maybe I deliver it in a softer gentler way (laughs) Um, and you know or sometimes you know I guess maybe they feel a little bit less judged um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it definitely, you know, varies person to person because I know a lot of uh, male engineers and producers who are really intuitive and emotionally intelligent and um, participate in that way. But it has been interesting to see why people are interested in working with a woman. And um, I definitely have benefited from that in the sense of... Um, yeah, just getting more clients and and just getting, you know, people want to at least come to try to work with me and and um and that's that's been a cool experience. And I'm like not particularly um I I don't try to, you know, I want someone to come and work with me because I'm good at what I do or they, you know, they want to work with me. And not necessarily because I am a woman, but um, it's definitely gotten my foot in the door as far as, you know, people being interested or coming to me first, Uh, which has been cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But of course, you want to be known for your skills. I hope to one day not even have to have this kind of conversation. It'll be very normal that there'll be women and men in these roles interchangeably and it won't have to be strange or more unusual uh, for a woman to be doing it. But for now, I suppose you're just, uh, we're fighting the good fight, I guess. <laughs> Keep <laughs> yes, it going. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I, I can't wait for that day as well, but you know, it is what it is. I'm not at this point, you know, it's been, I have been working in the industry for long enough where I'm just, you know, I, uh, I'm used to the novelty of it and I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, this is a, uh, this is how it is for now. And I do think that it's going to change in the future. I do see a lot more, um, women becoming involved in the recording and the recording industry and, you know, working as producers, um, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm all right with the guys, you know, I, I, I pretty much learned everything I know from, from, mostly you know male engineers and producers so i i am grateful for them for that yeah of course um so what was i going to ask oh yeah the another project that you released so you mentioned this to me this is going to be out soon actually so this is lauren ruth ward's next record and you tracked and mixed most of the songs on that one didn't you so what can you tell me about that one at this stage 
So actually, this was a, a a cool record because it's one of the first projects that I worked on in my new studio. Um, and I've worked with Lauren multiple times over the years, um, just doing a song here and there. And she kind of came to me uh, for the first time with um, very... I co-produced a lot of these as well. Um kind of basic, you know, just the the bones of a song. And then we worked together and invited other musicians in. And she was very open um, to my artistic opinions. And, you know, she's very opinionated as well and has a very strong vision for herself. But it was a really cool process. Um, and we took a long time to make that record. And um, She's ended up, there's going to be some other songs on the record that we didn't work on together. She was initially working on with another project. Um, uh, but the songs that we did together, um, only it, it was actually kind of geared towards, she was interested in doing something where only women had worked on the record. So it's all female musicians, a female mastering engineer, um, and that was something that, uh, like I said, it's like not something that I seek out necessarily, but it was an interesting and kind of cool experience because I I really, you know, I have uh, a lot more female musicians to call in. I've met, I just met a lot of people through that that I might not have necessarily because we really did have to seek out those female musicians. Um now I kind of have them in my Rolodex or, you know, I, I'm involved in a lot more of, uh, you know, just following their projects or if they want to come to me and, um, yeah. And the, this record that we worked on, um, the songs are definitely because she kind of came to me in this, like, and we were both going through a lot of like life change at this moment. Like I was like, uh, opening the studio and other changes were happening and we were both kind of in this transitional period and um we kind of took the emotion of that and a lot of these songs are very kind of like raw we want you know i kind of wanted this very like analog you know gritty sound that it's not like a super you know a lot of her other songs are very like full band like hard hitting um more of like a, a rock vibe and we kind of like went with this like darker indie record um sound for a lot of these songs and i think they and you know experimented a bit and you know played with weird outros and you know adding tremolo to the bass and and just playing with more sounds and um and she's great she's uh so talented and talented writer and and performer and um yeah it was a it was a cool like first record to make in the in the new studio so I'm I'm excited for the release I'm glad it got off to such a good start and um I guess we should talk about all of the stuff in your studio that makes the magic happen so obviously you specialize as well in full band tracking and live instrumentation don't you so it goes without saying your kit must be key to ensuring as high as quality of work as possible um so i know you're a focus right user right so you've got the claret plus octo pre um sorry octo pre mic pre and the red 16 line audio interface don't you so how long have you been using focus right in general 
So I actually um, have just started using uh, the Claret Plus Octo Pre. Um, and I think Focusrite is so amazing because, you know, most people and most musicians and producers will literally start with Focusrite, the Scarlet, you know, that gets people, that gets people like, you know, starting to produce or make demos or, you know, it's like, it's a quality, it's a place of quality to start um, that is accessible um, for pretty much all, you know, musicians starting out. And I've always been a fan of that. And, you know, I've seen Focusrite gear and most of the studios that I've worked in, um, in one form or another. And yeah, I am, uh, it's the Focusrite, the, the Octopri is nice. It's, um, you know, I've got an extra eight channels, good quality, like a, you know, fairly high fidelity, um, clear, clean audio. Um, and that's just nice to have, you know, a stand, like, you know, a standard something to, that's something I can rely on, you know, if I, if, you know, cause a lot of times it's like, I've got, you know, 12 mics on the drums and then maybe two on guitar and I have another guitar and bass DI and, you know, I'll get a lot of uh, tracks going and it's, you know, I do have a lot of different gear and maybe some, there are some pieces that aren't always so reliable. Um, and yeah, I found that the, uh, the Octopri is, is really nice and and clear and, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good staple for sure. Mm. And I know it's particularly good for drum sounds as well, isn't it? Drum recording. So how does it allow you to be confident that, you know, a recording is captured correctly and getting that energy of the live session? So I, uh, a lot of times when I'm recording drums, actually, I do like to work, um, with the pre and without doing, unless I'm going for a very particular sound, I'm, I, I don't really, um, there's of course like pieces of, um, outboard gear that I'll integrate, but I do like to get like the really the the base or the foundation of sound um from the pre and kind of capturing you know at a high level of gain um but also you know keeping things like fidelity wise like intact and you know nothing's distorting or getting crushed um like i said as long as you know that's not like the end goal um but i have found that yeah, the, the Octopriate, which I, you know, I just worked on that video for Focusrite and I had a really great experience with it. Um, and that's when I started, you know, using my own and, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's a very like clean and clear, um, sounding set of pre's. And I mean, that's what, at the end of the day, like, you know, a lot of the times, like I want, that's what I'm trying to get out of those tracks. Like I'm, I'm choosing the, the drummer and the drum and the mic and the mic placement. And I'm getting a lot of my sound through that. And maybe, and sometimes I'm just kind of directing that and, you know, and I want just like a hot, and I'm directing that through a pre and I, and then I'm just trying to capture what I've, you know, the kind of chain that I've already created at a high fidelity kind of level. One of the things I was curious about just from watching the video you did with um, Headliner and Focusrite as well. So are you using the Clara Octopri 
the Hitmaker expansion bundle of plugins and virtual instruments. I thought I saw you playing around with a couple of those. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually did, you know, I did a quick drum mix in in that video. And I that was actually one of my first times using uh, the Brainworks, the Focusrite console plugin. And um, I just wanted to explore um, using that and, you know, kind of keeping it in that the Focusrite world. And honestly, I loved that plugin. It's great. I've been using it ever since. Um, and, you know, it kind of comes from a very like notable piece of gear, uh, the Focusrite, those, those consoles. And um, yeah, I think the, the quality is great. Um, it was a fairly easy, you know, interface. Um, and yeah, uh, that was actually, that was super fun to play with. And I, you know, there were times that I, I started with like a preset and then I just kind of messed around with it until I found the sound that I wanted. Um, which is a way that I kind of like to familiarize myself with plugins, new plugins sometimes. And sometimes those presets can sound terrible, but I was, uh, pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that was, I had a really great experience using those. And then the the red uh EQ and compression. Um I thought yeah, the sound quality was was great and they were easy to use. So, I was totally happy with that. Good, that's what you need. Um so the the Clara Plus Octopus that obviously goes into your Red 16 line. So, um I'm curious as well. So, why did you go for this one in terms of when you were choosing your interface? So my experience using uh, the Focusrite Red 16 line at uh, Jeff Friedel Studio, uh, Secret Hand Studios in the video um, was great. Um, yeah, like I said, I thought the, the audio quality was great. Um, didn't run into any issues, which is very common. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty flawless session, which was, was really nice. Fabulous. Well, that's what you want. You want it to be, uh, well, instant free, don't you? You just need to know everything's doing what it should be and then you can get on with what you're doing, your job. Um, Kind of the tools were invisible to a point. You just want them to work flawlessly. So I'm glad you've got such a good system. That's good. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was a really cool experience. Amazing. So what about if you're allowed to say, have you got anything else coming up towards the end of this year? Are you just taking a break for Christmas? Probably a very well-earned break. Have you got anything (laughs) next year you're really excited about? Like what's going on for you recently and upcoming? Um, So I actually am, I'm staying pretty busy. Um, I've got quite a few uh, records that I'm working on right now that'll probably hopefully be released in the next six months. Um, I'm mixing a record uh, for this girl, Alma Cook, who's a really incredible vocalist. And it's produced by my very good friend, Chris Thigpen, who I work with on a lot of projects. And he, you know, is an incredible musician and brings me just uh, we actually met working I, when I was put on a random session with him at Bedrock. And ever since then, we've just been, uh, we just love to work together and he brings me amazing projects and um, I'm working on her record. I'm I'm recording a, a string quartet at the end of the month. Um, and I, uh, hmm, there is something else. I just, I'm, my, my calendar is fully booked right now. I'm, I'm, 
I'm working with another local band, Slugs, and doing a couple songs with them. I'm really excited about that. Um, and a couple of these projects, I, I do have a little bit more of a creative role, and I'm just really excited about the the songs are great and the artists are great and they sound great already. So um, I'm really looking forward to like my next series of releases in in the next year. So. Yeah, okay, good. Lots of exciting stuff to come. That's uh, well, that's the the joy of every freelancer. That's what you want, isn't it? You want uh, stuff in the calendar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. And you know, that's like totally part of it too. Is like I just, um, yeah, it's just part of the life. Uh, as far as you know, there's oftentimes like maybe a month or two in the summer or maybe in the winter where, you know, people are touring or, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of taking a break or writing or whatever. And, and, you know, it can, this, it can get a little dead at the studio. And, and so then of course, like we have our busy seasons and I just, uh, yeah, you just get into the swing of it and it's go, go, go. But I, I definitely like enjoy that. Like it's, uh, I, I am in a very, um, amazing position where I do really enjoy my work. Um, and I am like always grateful for that. So, um, I do work the long hours and, you know, I'm very busy, but I, I, I love what I do. So Mm, that's really important, isn't it? Um, well, I hope you're not up too late tonight working with anyone or anything um i know you're busy so thank you again for taking the time um i should let you go claire because you probably need to have another coffee this morning oh my god i do i i I need i take a a a couple coffees and a couple red bulls throughout the day i probably need to detox from that at some point but uh you'll be buzzing (laughs) take take a caffeine break but yeah keep the keep the energy high absolutely got it haven't you all right um well i'm gonna let you go then say thanks again and i look forward to seeing what you come out with in future claire awesome thank you so much thank you all right bye then headliner radio supporting the creative community